Welcome to Loop Weekly. I'm Gene along with Doug for the week ending on April 1st. Our three topics today are continuations of tweaks in the Apple's App Store policy. Second is stock splits. And third is Tesla and the cyber upcoming cyber rodeo. So we'll go to the top, Doug. We have talked a lot about Apple's App Store as a reminder uh, that uh, loosely the take rates are uh, 30% for bigger developers, 15% for smaller developers. Subscriptions are typically at 15%. Uh, Doug's view is that the take rates are going to continue uh, to go down uh, significantly over the next five years. My view is that they will go down, but it will be more of a modest decline. I think that everything kind of shakes out probably 20% plus, and Doug's probably closer to 10%. But that's the setup here. What is new in quotes is not so new. It is a implementation of an announcement that Apple made in September of 2021 that they will be uh, allowing reader apps to steer. And uh, this came after some litigation or some uh, decisions made by the Japanese government that Apple was complying to and also was loosely around the same time that some of the epic announcements were made. So uh, I'm gonna, there's one more piece before I turn it over to you, Doug, and it is just kind of framing in the conversation related to the App Store. Apple's services business is 18% of the revenue. In fiscal 21, it was 18% of the revenue. Uh, that's really all the detail that they give. We estimate that the App Store is about uh, 30% of uh, the total services revenue. So in total is if you look at Apple's total revenue, uh, the uh, App Store is just over 5%, five, call it 5.5% of total uh, revenue. And there are three big levers within uh, that. And I'll do an order of importance. Uh, first is the gaming segment, which we estimate is probably 55% of total App Store revenue. The second is kind of, we call it the software piece, uh, which is uh, loosely around uh, 30%. And then the reader apps, uh, which aren't just reader apps like Wall Street Journal and Washington Post, but they would include things like um, Netflix, for example, which doesn't participate in that today, but that those types of video apps essentially would be part of that. So the announcement, I just wanted to give some context and most of that revenue, uh, on the App Store is high margins. We're talking 90% type of, of margins. And the, uh, the, the news, if you will, is that now they're allowing, Apple's allowing steering and they gave, uh, so when you go into an app, download an app and you click on your account, they make it easy. They uh, make it easy for you to steer, to leave the app and go to uh, the website of the provider and sign up your account and, and pay for it, presumably not through Apple Pay. Uh, that was a lot. Uh, Doug, why are we talking about this? We're talking about it because it's, in my view, a continuation of uh, the loosening sort of of Apple's grip and Google too, their grips around how they control distribution through these app stores. And this is something that, to your point, we've known this was coming, but it's also something that was at issue at the Epic trial. Uh, this is the one of, of the 10 counts that Apple did lose against Epic was related to steering. And I think it's important here because what we're doing right now is before we had heard Apple was going to do this, 
So we had words and now we have actions. And we actually have an app store that will have apps that historically have not been able to do anything to communicate with customers unless they were already subscribers. You mentioned Netflix, you mentioned uh, Spotify. Now for the first time, they will have these links directing out to their sites where new subscribers can sign up and they won't pay Apple any fees. And I think it opens the door to just a bigger question from other app providers. And you could use Epic or you could pick a, a developer that's less controversial than Epic. But if you're a big developer and you say, hey, you're net letting Netflix go out of the app store and go and sign up and not charging them any fees, I think that other big developers are going to say, well, why do these so-called reader apps get different treatment than me? And I think that's probably the next leg of the discussion. Uh I agree with that. And my sense too, is that on the, the steering piece is if we look at the Epic Apple trial, Apple won nine of the 10 counts. The one that they lost was related to steering. Apple is appealing that Epic is appealing the other nine makes sense. And so we don't have a decision related to the gaming piece and understandably why Apple would want to contest that. But uh, my view is it's a function of time before steering gets opened up because I agree with you that, uh, that Epic can look at Netflix and say, oh, that's not just not fair. And uh, Apple is a, uh, in my view, it's a fair company. The, uh, so let's go to the, the route that eventually steering's allowed, whether it's gaming related or reader apps or, or third-party software. Uh, what isn't ultimately the question related to conversion with something that we've talked about basically is that you can allow steering but when you when a, a developer steers, there's an immediate significant benefit that they pay Apple less, could be up to 30% less. That's a, a put that in the positive category. Then there's the negative category about what conversion is. And um, uh, we have, uh, you can, uh, so th there is this conversion piece and maybe ask it, I'm gonna ask it in, a, in the form of, or, or pose it in the form of a question, Doug, is how do you think, as you've seen, Apple has laid out kind of what the look and feel potentially could be for these uh, reader apps to steer. How do you think it's gonna impact uh, conversion? Do you think it's gonna have a significant impact, neutral impact, uh, 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 not even uh, a positive impact on conversion? Well, it's a leading question. So I'm gonna sidestep it and say that what really matters is that the actions of Netflix and Spotify over the last several years says that whatever Apple wants to charge them is too much. 30% and then 15% on going for a subscriber, which I believe would be what they'd have to pay if they had a subscription mechanism built into their apps for new subs. Apple is saying, or uh, Netflix and Spotify are saying that's too much money. And so we have a real tangible data point. Yes, okay, to answer your question, Anytime you add more friction into a payment flow, you are going to have some drop-off in conversion. But there is a trade-off, which also is dependent on that level of fee, because there is a level of fee that it doesn't make sense, even if you have drop-off for some of these companies to pay. And so I think what we know for sure, at least in my opinion, is that Netflix and Spotify historically have felt that the app store fees are too high, even if they were to put in that payment mechanism for new subs in their apps. And now they're getting a new mechanism which will let them redirect their subs to their apps. So you could argue companies like Netflix that have a really strong brand, maybe they can get away with it, right? And they have a stronger ability to steer. 
But I think you could make that same argument for a lot of the very big publishers, whether they're in gaming or in other areas that have equally strong brands that customers trust and would convert on their websites. And my sense is that uh, I think uh, it will have uh, an impact and I don't know what that impact is going to be. Uh, of course, as you said, it's going to have an impact, but I don't know what the impact is going to be. What I'm excited about is essentially over the next year, two years, the free hand of the market will decide. Uh, the free hand of app developers will be given the option to do this eventually. I think the steering comes to the gaming piece and they'll be able to uh, kind of make that decision if you uh, for themselves. And then I think take rates will adjust appropriately to factor in that free hand of the market. And maybe let me pause there. Would you agree that that's effectively what's going to happen over the next couple of years is this free hand of the market will ultimately determine what take rates are? If things like steering are opened up, then yes, I would say right. that should be the natural outcome. And if Apple is seeing the data and saying, okay, everybody's doing these effective things to steer customers away, we need to lower our fees to a level where that doesn't make sense anymore. And to your point, you get the equivalent trade-off for what the friction might do in terms of lower signups versus the actual cost of that app store fee to the developers. Got it. And just to uh, finish on the kind of the breakdown of the impact to earnings, which is uh, most important, is that if Apple loses all of the uh, readers' apps, it's about a 1% uh, negative impact to Apple earnings. If they lose all of the software uh, piece, it's uh, just under 2%. And if they lose gaming, it's just over 3 So collectively, uh, it's about 5% of earnings. 5.5% comes from revenue, about 5% comes from earnings. Our next topic is related to stock splits, something that usually wouldn't uh, be topical for us, but we had a couple of them this week, one related to Tesla, the second related to uh, GameStop, and both of them were up nicely. There is some rumors ahead of each of them, and so it's kind of hard to determine like what was the true impact, but think of it this way, Tesla stock up, let's call it 8%, uh, presumably on the news of the of the, the stock split and GameStop up a similar number, uh, 10, 12% uh, on, on that uh, expectation of a split. And my, my question is this, is why is it that these companies that have more emotion around them, why do they seem like typically when they do a, a company does a stock split, the stock's up fractionally, but not 10%. And what's going on that's causing this kind of outsized reaction to something that should ultimately have no impact on these companies' valuations. Your question contains the answer, which is it is emotion, you know, I think. And it's there's two parts to that, particularly with the meme stocks. I think that there is a retail effect where there's still a lot of people who are very passionate about GameStop. There's still a lot of people who are very passionate about AMC. And when they see news like this, there is an influx of demand, I think, that comes from retail. I think the thing that maybe gets talked about less is I believe that Wall Street, whether it's quants or hedge funds, also know that this is going to happen. And so there's almost this like, uh, you know, Soros like reflexive behavior where I think they pour fuel on the fire saying, I know that GameStop is going to spike. GameStop, GameStop is going to spike on this news. And you have bigger institutions also playing that spike. And I think you probably could say the same thing for Tesla. I mean, I would, I would probably even argue that given how big Tesla is as a stock, 
you have to have more of that institutional participation to move a trillion dollar company. But I think that's what it is, is people know that these stocks have a lot of interest in the public and a lot of retail interest. And so you get that dynamic between retail and institutional that results in these spikes that to your point, I mean, stock splits have nothing to do with the value of the company. And so by definition, they should be temporary, but we're still kind of in that era where it almost feels like March, 2021, not March, 2022. Our third topic is Tesla's upcoming cyber rodeo. That's going to be April 7th. Uh, they haven't had a lot of details, but it's generally expected to be the uh, ribbon cutting of the Austin Gigafactory. Of course, we had that same ribbon cutting going on in Berlin uh, a week ago, and it is uh, the belief that they're going to be doing the Model 3 and Model Y initially. They'll also be doing the 4680 battery, and down the road, Semi and uh, Cybertruck, who knows when the Cybertruck uh, will be here. I still got my reservation in. I'm not holding my breath for it. I am holding the reservation. But, uh, you know, this feels a little bit more like pageantry than, than substance. I think there's going to be like 500,000 vehicles potentially produced uh, from that, which gets their total production along with Berlin and the other factories to just over 2 uh, million with the current configurations. They're expected to do about uh, just under 1.5 million vehicles in 2022. So, um, you know, when, when you think about uh, the, the event coming up, uh, Cyber Rodeo, how do you think about it? Uh, news, noise, is it something uh, that, that we should really be paying attention to? I would say more noise than news, only because I think it's something that we knew was coming. This is not a surprise. And so sort of by definition, uh, if something happens that you knew was coming, it, it's not really news worthy. Um, that's not to say that the factory doesn't matter. Uh, but I would actually take it in a different direction in terms of, of what's the point here. I think that no other car company uh, would have this much fanfare around an opening. And it does show the religion of Tesla. And religion's a really powerful benefit to a brand. It's rare to create it. I mean, Apple did have a religion at one point. I would argue at this point, Apple I is think just they still so... Do, but it's weaker though. It's not the same. It's not the same as 20 years ago. If you had a Mac, that sure. was a religion because you were There's really doing something unique. Congregation now than 20 years ago though. But I think, but here's the thing about that. This is what I think is interesting is that eventually religions get so widespread that they get diluted and they don't mean anything anymore. I would argue Tesla is certainly not there. I think Apple at this point, when you have a billion people that have the same device, it's a little bit hard to stand out. Right. And so it's a religion in the sense that it is different than Android. Right. And it's a little more unique, perhaps, than Android. And people who love Apple would say that the product is better than Android. But I do think that necessarily passion companies, which are usually predicated on religion, they do weaken over time because it needs to have some exclusivity to really maintain that cult like fervor. And to the point of Tesla, they've still got it. Right. People want to see this opening. I think 15,000 people maybe were invited to this rodeo. And so it's hard for any company to do that. And I would say that that is a testament to their brand and the religion that surrounds it. For sure. It's almost that uh, don't worry about spending a lot of money on advertising uh, like traditional auto does. Just create that religion and then uh, have these, uh, I guess this would be a, a gathering of the, of the, of the fateful here. And uh, one other just piece on that too is that 
you know, I agree that the exclusivity piece is an important part of religion, but also just satisfaction. And don't companies that uh, have just really high MPS scores, is, is that a form of a religion too? No, I think religion has another, another lever to it because there is a belonging or an identity that to me is necessary for something to really qualify as a religion. And NPS scores are one thing, but that's about customer satisfaction. There's a lot of companies that have very high NPS scores that I think we would all agree are certainly not religion companies. Uh, Amazon, I believe, has a very high NPS score, particularly related to retail. Yeah, and I would example. certainly not say that that's a religion. Maybe early on, again, you think about 15 years ago, maybe when Prime was just starting and like it was really cool to have Prime and Unique, there was maybe a, a mini or, or very temporary religion around Prime at one point. But no, I, I don't think that customer satisfaction has anything to do with religion. I think it's more about the belonging and the identity that someone gets from it. So it's much more intangible. Makes sense. Um, on board with that. Also on board with we'll be back uh, next Friday with our Loop Weekly. On behalf of Doug, Gene, and Loop, bye for now.